Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to um, review one detail of the Gemara on Daf Ayin Zayin Amud Aleph Tamid Bet. Then we're going to go over some of the issues we raised last time briefly. Then we're going to read the Rav, and we're actually going to do like a brisker Chakira and see how we react to it. Uh, we we saw the Nesivos do something like this. Now we're going to see the Rav do something like this, and uh, see what we think of that. And then uh, if if we have time after that then we're going to do the rush and some of the commentaries in the rush which will instantiate some of the wilder possibilities that we raised in, that we raised in the op- in the opening in the opening questions and that'll hopefully leave us in position to move on to others to other sugyot and with these ideas with with these ideas in mind okay so we're on page 1 just structure the gemara again there's a brita which is introduced here by Amar Mar, and Amar Mar is the is the gemara's way of reintroducing a brita um, and it records machlokus in Tanakama and Rabbi Dosa um, in which both of them, um, one of them, one of them says that the the, the um, Tanakama says that the minimum a worker can get when they quit in midday is the original is the original salary. One of them says it's the maximum, um, and that is framed as Kasavi Rabbanan Yad Pol Al Ha'Oyona. Right, and Rashi says because you say Avadaihem, and Rabbi Dosa says Yad Pol Al Tachtona. So one of the questions we asked. Is does that mean Rabbi Dosa rejects Rav's drasha? Right, what, right, what does he do with Kli Shalavadim? Right, why does he say Yad Pol Al Tachtona? So we point out, right, they're just working out the logical possibilities. That uh, right, what Arya kept pointing out is that why do we think that Pol Yochel equals Yad Pol Al Halyona? So maybe Rabbi Dosa agrees with the drasha, but he doesn't think that the drasha means that. The, right, that, that you have to give the poll an economic advantage or deprive him of any economic disadvantage for quitting, you just can't enforce specific performance. Right? So we could frame the Machlokas Rabidosa and the Rabbanon um, that way everybody agrees, everybody agrees to Rav's Drasha, but they disagree about the implications, or we could frame it more radically. The Rabidosa just disagrees with Rav's Drasha. If he disagrees with Rav's Drasha, we could then ask, okay, does he disagree with Rav's Drasha because he just doesn't see the, he thinks that employment law is just contract law? Or does he disagree with it because he holds like Rabbi Yochanan as opposed to Rav, um, right, which is a possibility raised in, raised in the Yerushalmi. Okay. Rav here says halachic Rabbi Dosa, which is astonishing to us because we think that, yeah, that, that, that Paul Yochalachzer both should equal Yad Paul Al Ha'elyona, and, um, and it does not. To which the Gemara says, Rav, did Rav really say halachic Rabbi Dosa? But Rav said, Paul Yochalachzer Does that mean the Gemara is also standard? Or, or at least, uh, the Gemara. <laughs> The persona, the persona who, right, of the Gemara at this stage adopts our astonishment. Uh, right, that doesn't mean that, right, just because you ask the Kushner doesn't mean you end up that way, the Maskana. But the, right, the, mak, the Maksha of the Gemara shares our astonishment because they think that that position is, um, is incoherent. And they don't explicitly give the answer, what's the big deal? Right, we have to try and figure out if one of the answers might mean, what's, what's the big deal? And you just missed your big moment, right? <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, Gemara says, did Rav, did Rav really say this? Okay, so Gemara tries answer number one. Actually, Rav said this, but the reason that Rav said this, Dosa, is Dosa is talking about Kablanim, and Rav is talking about Poalim. Right? right, this is our Havamina, which Rashi translates as Schirion, and Rashi says very explicitly, because by Schirus, you have the rationale of a Vadaihem, but by Kablonus, Ainza Evid El Atzmo. Right? So now Rashi is framing the issue between Rav and Rabbi Dosa as Rav says there is such a drasha and Rabbi Dosa says there isn't. 
but it's not right. But it's but Ridosa doesn't deny the drusha at this point in the context of Poel. He just denies the drusha in the context of Kablon, and we have a rationale for that. And maybe Rav agrees, right? Right now, right, right now, right now, right. Rav says halachic Rabidosa. So at this point, everybody thinks that Kiavadaihem applies to Poelim, and nobody thinks, except for the Rabbanon of Rabidosa, that it applies to that it applies to to Kablonim, And we should try and figure right. So now the machlok is between Rabidosa and the Rabbanon there is right. It has to be about the applicability of the drasha to Umanim. Okay. Um, the Gemara says Amishanile. Does Rabidosa really make that distinction? No. Because we have a context, Rabidosa says, Rabidosa, um, we have a Brita which says Hasochar et Poel, and we think that the words Socher and Poel together are compelling evidence that we're talking about Sviriyom and not a Kablan. And we're going to say that that Brita is the position of Rabidosa, so that would be proof that Rabidosa holds his position even in the context of Poelin. But it's a complicated move to get that Brita to be the position of Rabidosa. How do we do it? So we say as follows. So if you, if you hire a Poel, and halfway through the day, either he becomes right, halachically incapable or, halachi, or halachically not required to work anymore, uh, or alternatively, that he has a heat stroke and he's physically incapable of working anymore. Um, I'm going to skip the Rashi for the moment. Right, so you get your salary. Now, I have to be very careful about identifying it because... Whereas the other brites of Rabidosa, right, the focus of the of the of the issue in the in the Brisa of Rabidosa and Rabbanan is what happens in the case of devaluation. Alright, so here we don't mention devaluation at all. We're mentioning right, we're assuming a standard we're, we're assuming a standard rate of uh, of exchange of wages for of, wa- of, wa- of wages for labor. And in that case, the Brita says that you right, that you give him his Kablanuto. So the Gemara says, money, who is the author of this Brita? Ilemi Rabbanan. If he says Rabbanan, my iria shamasha mate lometo shachalatochama, why do we bother mentioning these two examples? Because they're examples of onus, where the worker is not choosing to be choserbo, but is compelled to be choserbo. Kilo anis nami, amidin Rabbanan yad pol ahoyona. But the Rabbanan say that, um, that you, right, that the Paul has the right to, to quit even without onus, and even in such cases, the worker will get at least their schar. Uh, right, so that's a little bit iffy because of the, uh, right, because, because the Brita doesn't address the questions of devaluation or inflation. Um, but the Gemara at this point right, makes, the, makes the claim, so this Brita can't be the Rabbanon because this Brita implies that you only get your schar in the case, which it has to interpret as at least your schar, in the case of the... Um, in the case where the worker quits involuntarily, and um, if it's the rabbanan, it should say it even voluntarily. And the Gemara doesn't have any havamina that it could be the rabbanan in the, that when it says it means his full pay, meaning not just since he's an onus, he gets his full pay, not just what he did. So at this point, nobody. Right, at this point, we have not discussed havamina whether you pay him all the way through. We'll see that. Right? For now, let's assume it means he gets paid for what he did. It could be even more extreme position, right? That, and it could be the Rabbanan and say, no, means you give him his originals. Right? They originally negotiated Schar as if he had completed the work. Thank you, right? So we'll, we, we will get to that if we get past the rope tonight. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, El so must Rabidosa must say his position both ways, and therefore, in both cases, and therefore, how can Rabbi said, Allah, that's not true. 
Well, it's not like Rabbi Dosa according to Rav, because Rav says, disagrees with Rabbi Dosa in the context of Pauli. Okay, we understand why, if we have a choice, we would rather say that Rav said halakhic Rabbi Dosa all the way through than say Rav only said halakhic Rabbi Dosa in one of Rabbi Dosa's two cases, because if he only meant it in one of the two cases, he should have said so, right? So it's a dochik to say that, Rav's, that Rav said halakhic Rabbi Dosa, but he meant only in the context um, of Uman, but not so dochik because the Breita in which the conversation takes place is about Uman. So Rav's comment could be literally on the Breita, even though conceptually Rabbi Dosa's position um, Apply it right applied across the board. Okay. Rav Nachman respond, Rav responds, no, Bedavra Avud Bedivriakol. Right? He, res, he responds that the Brita quoted um, to prove that Ridosa holds his position even in the um, even in the case of uh, of Paulim is actually an exceptional case, but this is going to be it's a case you have to use you have to reverse the logic. What he says is the Brita the Araya was the Brita seems to suggest that you only get your, your schar, your full schar, whatever that means, as Arya pointed out. You only get your full schar in the context of ones, um, and that implied that you wouldn't get your full schar in the context not of ones. So now the Gemara says, aha, but maybe all the Brita, right, if we say the Brita is talking about a case of Devarha Aved, because what it means is you only get your full schar um, even for ones, sorry, you only get. What it means is you only get your full you only get you only get your full scar even in the context of onus if it's a devar uh, only sorry it means that because it's a devar havet sorry the other way around because it's a devar havet you only get your full scar if you're onus it doesn't mean that if you quit right it doesn't mean that uh, ordinary if you quit without a devar havet you don't get your full scar and Rabbi the Rabbanon's argument is only in the context is only in the context of where, where it's not a devar havet. Uh, but where it's a Devar Haved, the Rabbanan would concede to Rabbi Dosa, and presumably Rav would also concede to Rabbi Dosa, that if it's a Devar Haved, you don't get your full schar. Okay, now what does it mean you don't get your full schar? Uh, right, so it could mean that you, that you still have to, you get your full schar, but then we subtract the loss. Or it could mean that we, right, it could mean that we have other penalties that we, imp- right, that we, imp- that we impose on you. So it's a kind of odd thing to say, because the Devara, the guests were asking, does Devara Ved impinge on the way in which we pay your salary? Specifically, the Devara Ved is is when you leave, this thing is going to deteriorate. Yes. And so there will be a loss from it. Right. So the question is, are you responsible for that loss? Which is not the same question as should we deduct your salary, right? Should we deduct your salary necessarily? Because we can just treat them as totally independent factors. Well, what what do we owe you? We owe you this. Now you cause damage for somebody, right? So it's not obvious that those are. Right? It's not obvious that those are the same thing. But the Gemara, at this point, in principle, you could say that, right? When we say Yadol Yona, that's that's a that's that's a question of calculating the salary. But that has nothing to do with the question, right? You know, if in the course, in the, if in the course of your work, right, as a poel, uh, right, we can say, you have to pull all, you know, all you want, but in the course of your work, you damage the person's property, so you're liable. Right? So you damage their property, right? So there's a, it's an interesting claim offhand to think of the, right, the consequences of Devar Ha'aved as saying we don't say Yad Pol Al-Halyona, if, right, if, if that's clearly what the Gemara says. So at this point, we say, so... 
uh, after Rav Nachman, it becomes possible for um, it becomes possible for Rabbi Dosa to say his position only about um, only about Kablanim and not extend it to uh, and not and not ex- and not extend it to Paulim because there's no bright to proving that his position specifically extends extends to Paulim. And therefore, we can go back to saying that when Rav says halachic rabidosa, all he means is halachic rabidosa bekablanus. Okay, so now the Gemara says, let's quote a, um, let's quote our Mishnah, and our Mishnah says kol hachozer boyodo al hatachtona. So why does it say? I, I think the meaning is right. Rashi doesn't say explicitly. Why does it say kol? Why does it just say hachozer boyodo al hatachtona? You could interpret it differently. Like why do we have another line in the Mishnah? But I think that's the easiest way to read it. So let's see, my the Gemara says the simplest meaning is that Kol Chuzer Beyodol Tachtona is to say not only Kablonim, but also Polim. And therefore, right, and this Brighta is Rabbi, is, Rabbi, is Rabbi Dosa, and that once again proves the extension of Rabbi Dosa to Polim. Um, maybe, it's not, you know, it's not unreasonable, but it's also not, uh, it's also not obvious. And the Gemara answers, um, okay, let's suppose, let's suppose that you're right. So then what you end up saying is that Rabbi Dosa actually disagrees with Rav in the case of Polim, but Rav's statement, Halachic Rabidosa, was only applied to that Brita which talks about Kablanim. And so in that case, we end up with the position of Rav, who says that, that Paul Yecholach Zor Babayom is true about Polim and not Kablanim. Rabidosa, who says it's true um, about both. And the unknown position of the Rabbana Rabidosa um, but who at least, right? But if we go call the Homer, they, right? Since they say they disagree with Rabbi Dosa in the case of of, of uh, Kablanim, presumably they agree with Rav in the case of Paulim. So we have three positions, uh, right? Rabbi Dosa says it, apply, it applies to none. Rav says it applies only to Paulim, and the Rabbanon Rabbi Dosa say it applies it applies to each of them. And for each of those positions, we should ask the question: So what is their understanding of the scope and meaning of the drasha Kilibin Yisraelavadim um, and if they don't apply the drasha anywhere, does that mean that they think of that area of employment law solely as an issue of contract law, or does it mean that that's a place to look to introduce Rabbi Yochanan? Okay, so I gave you Chreitzenigemara says Ibay Sema. Maybe right. Well, say there's another possibility. The other possibility is that Kolachazer Beyodol Tachtona is not relevant to the sphere of employment law at all. It's talking about different kinds. Of, it's talking about commercial transactions. Or at least it's not right. I mean, I think it's 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 very implausible to say. Well, Choserbo was talking about employment law, and Kolo Choserbo was talking about com- commerce as, as well, uh, right? And that's what comes in the Kol. You can read it that way if you want. I don't find it terribly compelling. Either way, the Gemara says we can now say that our mission is not Rabidosa. Therefore, we don't have any evidence that Rabidosa actually extended his position to Paulim. So we emerge with only two positions. Um, right, the position of the Rabban Rabidosa and the position and the position that is shared by Rav and Rabidosa. Right, and that way, there's no position that says that Kili B'nei Yisrael Vadim doesn't apply to Poland. Or at least there's no position that doesn't say Kola Choserbo by Poland, because it doesn't prove anything, because Rabbi Yochan also agrees <coughs> that Poland can be Choserbo. Right, the Gemara doesn't mention the Nafkimina of the Yerushalmi, so far as we know, whether the Balabayit is Yechola Choserbo. It doesn't relate to it explicitly. As a difference between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan. And again, remember that I introduced the Maram. And I tried to argue that Maram actually holds like both Rav and Rabbi Yochanan. That's the position that I find uh, most attractive, and so I'll try and sustain that as often as we can going through the, going through the Torah. Okay, so he, I, so I gave you a number of hakira, some of which we referred to in the context of the Gemara. 
Um, number one is, if, according to Rav, where the din of Yechol Zorbo is derived from the Pasukim, why doesn't that apply to a Kablon? And does the reason it doesn't apply to a Kablon right, relate to Rav's Yerushalmi rationale? Uh, right, that there's right that you're not that any Israel konin zezen. So this is Kablan is not considered being kone somebody in the same way that Poel is. And presumably that's what that's what it meant when you said that in in the So we could say that we don't have to. That's my point, right? We could say the difference between we could say the difference between Poel and Kablan is whether there's a Kenyan, and we're assimilating lovadim lovadim to the notion of Kenyan the way the Nesivos did. Or we could say, no, this proves it's not about Kenyan. Because we can't see, right, why a Kablan is less purchased by the, by the, right, we can see, right, by the owner than, than a, um, than a Poel. Right, that's right, that's, that's our question. Right, we have to try and figure out what the, what the rationale is. Okay, number two. According to the position that Rabbi disagrees with Rav even before, right, that's the first, uh, that's the first maskan of the Gemara before the Bayesema. Um, I mean, right, so does he, does he, does that mean he doesn't, uh, he does he totally denies Raz Russia, Loadim Lavadim, right, so that's what we talked about a lot. Um, so then I said, but remember, right, the Gemara says that even Rabbi Dosa, even according to that Shita, Rabbi, right, everybody agrees that a poel gets paid if they are nanas. So why does everybody agree that a poel gets paid if they are nanas, even if they cause damage to the other party? That's not normal contract law. Normal contract law is right is if you right if you breach a contract even involuntarily, so you should be responsible for the damages. Yeah. So the question, right? So great, right? So now you're asking the Rove's question. What does an what does onus exempt you from, uh, right? And what's what sort of ways does right does does onus exempt you? So you can say what So normally we have a counter issue, which is right? You can't right. So we can solve that as Tosfos do by introducing multiple levels of onus. Leolam, yeah. Yeah. Person is right. It's, it's, right. We call strict that, liability. Okay, but doesn't that refer to? I mean, does it, would it, how would that apply to a case where? Okay, so you want to say? Where, you know, mate, low, mate, right? So you want to? So you can claim Adamuliolam only applies to control of their own body, and doesn't apply to foreseeing circumstances that could lead damages to the other person. Right. right? So that's also a reasonable position you could take. Uh, right. Right. That's a that's a fair position you could that you could take. Um, in which we say right. So then the. The, the way we'd read the Breitah is to say, in a case where the person is anus, so the problem then is, if, the, if, the, is what the, if you say that the reason you're not liable for damages is onus, so then there isn't really anything unique about that case. Right? It's not, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't tell you anything about employment law. Right? We just argued that that Breitah is telling us something special about employment law, and that's why we say he gets full scharo, Right, right. The chiddush is he gets full scharo even though it's a davar havid. But if it turns out that that's just a regular din, right? He's right. He's an onus. Why do we have a bright about? Well, kind? If, if, if you have a, a, you have an ongoing machlokas, right? Yeah. Right. So you might think you might say that Rabbi Dosa say even here. Why? 
It's not related to the machloket. It's only related. Okay, so you can tell me I'm overreading. I'm being right, I'm being too much of a brisker. But if I'm right, but if I'm being conceptual, yeah. right, right, you can argue that right that it undermines the whole the Gemara's whole claim that this case right that this doesn't tell us anything about Rabbi Dosa because it's a case right because Rabbi Dosa agrees with the case of Ona's white. It's not relevant to his position. Okay, so now we're getting the question of whether we want to read the Gemara like briskers or not. If we read the Gemara, right, you know, it's, one of the questions is outcome, the other case is how, how rigorously conceptually do each of the Havaminas have to be? Uh, right, so when I was in Rabbi Huda Partis, uh, you know, Shir, we, we would you know, spend a week doing nothing but trying to figure out exactly what happened conceptually between line one and line two of the Gemara, and that's the way to read it. Uh, you know, it's a very productive way of reading it conceptually. Uh, and at the end, does it tell you what we come out with? No, but it, you know, but it clarifies the issues really well, I think. Uh, okay, good. Um, right, and then the last question I get asking you is, you know, I, I keep um, looking for the position because I, because I want us to end up with both Rav and Rav Yochanan, so I keep looking for mentions of Rav Yochanan. So are there, is there any place in the Bavli where you can find the Shita of Rav Yochanan and the Yerushalmi lurking? Okay, those are our questions. Let's take a look now at how the Rav read this. Uh, how the Rav read this uh, according to Rabbi Rechman's notes, which, um, you know, my experience, with Rabbi Rechman's notes are, uh, are are really really good. Uh, it's an interesting question about whether it captures the Rav's sheer necessarily always. Uh, right, it's one of the interesting questions. Is you know the way in which form uh, for, form affects um, affects content. So what Reichman did, I think, is he made the he he rewrote the Rav to sound like all other achronim, um, right? So that's an interesting thing. If that's right, is that really what happened in the Shir? I don't know. I remember when uh, when I was a freshman. So I used to when I finished the Makaros, I would go to the base Medrash and I would um, listen as uh, Bini Blau and Israel Moshe Siv, I think, with Chazer the Rav Shir. And uh, Vinny, who's I think now the president of the RCA, right, <laughs> once, uh, once uh, told me, like, the, because it was, it was the last year of Shear, and the Rav was not really himself, so, you know, so there are a lot of places where it's, it's flat, and then all of a sudden you're in Ganeidin. Like, you know, the Rav just totally elevates the, le- you know, elevates the whole context of the Shear. So I, I don't think you get that, so much in Rabbi Reichman's notes, but you get a really, I don't think that was the goal, right? The goal wasn't to reproduce the Shear, it's the Shear Mosaic Rabbi Murray. That are supposed to right that are that are designed it, uh, to create that and therefore they don't work as achronish Torah. There are things gap. There are gaps in the cheshbon. There are makarot left out right because those that's more designed to capture that. Whereas the rishimot are designed to capture you know to put it in dialogue with all the other achronim. At, right, you ask the same questions, you give the same kinds of answers, and you see what you what you have that's contributed that's unique. I think, without you know, um, I don't want to go way beyond my competence. Okay, so here's what right. So here's what um, here's what the Rav says. He starts off by saying, right, we're going to start with, by looking at Rashi, um, so let's turn back to the page, and that's the Rashi I skipped. Right, right in the middle of the page, there's an asterisk in the middle of the page. Right, we are in the position of the, um, of the Rabbanan, uh, sorry, we're in the position of the, of the Brita, um, in the case, right, so we're in the position of the Brita, in the case, right, here's what Rashi says. So, so far we sound very much like, uh, who wanted to take Marty, right, Marty's claim, right? He's an anus, and therefore we don't hold him accountable. But then we say, uh, 
So that all of a sudden sounds like we're talking, right? We're not talking about ordinary contract law. We're talking about something about this specific, right? This specific framework. Because you're doing is not usually if you're, you're honest, then you get paid. Or you, right, you pay, right? This is, so there's an interesting ambiguity in the way Rashi frames it, I think. Um, okay, so let's take a look at how the Rav frames it. So the Rav says, Yesh ladun begeder hadin diyad poel al tachtona. Okay, so the Rav starts not from Onis, but he starts by asking, so what is this halacha of yad poel al tachtona? Uh, right, where, where does this halacha come from? Haim zehu mishum hischaivus hapoalim. Do we say that part of the obligation that workers accept upon themselves when they enter into a contract, that what they do is they, uh, they obligate themselves to do the work. So the formulation, I think, needs a little bit of work. But what he's trying to argue is that Implicit in the workers' contract is the hiring of replacement workers to get the work done. Now, if you think about this, what you can really do, right, is you know, if you really push it, you can say that all workers are contractors. Right? They're really, right, they're really agreeing to get the work done, not to work, and they have the choice. Whether it's a, the absolutely right so this possibility right this possibility right you know really right really, really reframes everything if it were true uh, right so we have to figure out how, how long lasting it is right what what is half-life is as Rilchansi would say right but that's his um, right, but that's his his opening gambit is that we view the contract that way so then now the question is anytime you claim that we view the contract that way so Right, so that it means it's negotiable. So right, you go right if if what it is 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 included in this chayvus. So just right, just change the contract terms that way. Right, so it's all about how meaningful it is to make a claim about what's implicit in the contract when you have no basis for making that a halachic structure that has a value in its own right. We're just talking about the default of a contract. Is that's the first position, right? Yad Paul Tachtona, right, is based on the default of the contract, but of course. Workers could write in the contract a clause, and if we have heat stroke in the middle of the day, then we are not responsible for any subsequent, for subsequent damages. And of course, that would be kind of like old time from Mama. Okay, but that's the first, right? So again, you know, like Mike Akira keeps saying, right, for the story starting to introduce here is, are we talking about employment law or are we just talking about contract law? Okay. Um, right, so that's the first possibility. It's just a din his chayvis polim. Is that, is that therefore he is saying that it's just like any other contract? In saying that, is he saying anything about employment law, or is he just saying that it's basically it, it's the same? The only thing it says about employment law is it tells us that the the default terms uh, right of a, of an employment contract are that you're right, are that we treat you as my friend as a, as a contractor as opposed to as a slave. I guess we mm-hmm. frame it that way, right? Which messes up everything. Right. Um, and again, but it's it's just there's nothing intrinsically different about employment law. All that all that changes is the default, and the default would change if there were right. You know, if we presumably right, if there were a, a standard tonight contracts, you wouldn't even have to stipulate it. Right, it would just be minagamakon. Uh, right, it's not clear the gemara is saying anything more than in our right in our area that is right that is right what is presumed to be the standard ter- the standard uh, terms of the contract. Okay, Odilma, second possibility. Yadam al-Tachtona midin mazik. Right? So Yadam al-Tachtona just means that you have to pay. Right? Marty's suggestion. Dima paolim chazrubahem 
Okay, so the answer is, right, the Rav sets it up right now, there's nothing about that's unique about employment law at all. Yadamotachtona just means, just means mazik. And now we're getting to the question if whether this is the kind of onus that should patra you from hezik. Okay, so reading it through, if ayin barashi, v'zeh l'shona, ha'il v'anusu, ain l'kansu v'lasos yadol tachtona, because you did have to work. Okay, so that's a reasonable deal. Right? It's the right because the frame it was frame it as Ain right? So that's the, that I think is a is a um is a very is right, it's a very sharp reading. Right, why are we introducing the word of knas? Right, pay, um, but then the Rav does something very interesting with it. He says, right, he says that that language implies that it's an onish, and that sounds like mazik. I'm not sure I go with that last step. That, right, that we don't, when you pay for mazik, you're not paying a knas, you're paying mamon. Right, so it's interesting to me, right, you know, whereas normally you would think that the brisker antennas would go up at the word knas, because the word knas is, right, is usually distinct from mamon. It's retribution as opposed to compensation. Um, right here, right here, the, the rows antenna stay down. We're talking about knas, and that sounds like and that sounds like knas onish. So there's just two possibilities: is it just that you have to pay because there's a a, a default setting in employment contracts, or do you have to pay because it's mazik like every like everything else in the world in the world of mazik? And then the question is going to have to be: so why would it be different in the case of onish for each of these? Uh, okay, He says, but uh, assuming that Rashi says this, how does Rashi know this? Okay, so how Rashi knows this as follows. Alright, so he doesn't like Marty's Sorry, doesn't already he said right if you owe the person because their because their stuff was damaged because of you why should onus exempt you all right that's his uh, his claim right so let's watch what he says he says is that mazik is a um, mazik is a knas and because it's a knas, right, it's a liability claim, so we can hold you exempt. But if it's an employment contract, it's not a knas, it's a hischaibus. I promised you would get done. Right? Um, so therefore he says, according to, right, Rashi says, the fact that onus potters you tells you that this must be an issue of negative liability, not positive commitment. And therefore, if the only two options are, it's a standard, it's a standard obligation in your contract, or it's a liability mazik, it must be liability mazik, and that's how Rashi knows it's known as. Okay, I'm not so compelled because I could say, first of all, we're talking about a standard hischayvus, so who knows? A standard hischayvus is whatever the standard is. You can do whatever, whatever you want. If all you're talking about is what the default is based on community practice, so the default is whatever the community practice is. And secondly, as we talked about earlier, maybe Onis Rahmana Patre doesn't patter you from Mazik. 
Right? The boat, right? Is there somebody at the door that we should open for? No. Uh, okay, is that clear? Okay. Let's give Marty a sec. Um, okay, thank you, Marty. Okay, so now he says, according to this, Lafisa Nira, that it must be that Rashi, that, that, right, this is how Rashi got to the conclusion, that it's a, right, that it's, um, it's, humidin p'tur ones t'chol ha-tora kula, v'chol rak b'ones gamor. So now he has an achkimina, which is that the, the normal rules of ones rachman patre only apply to complete ones, and not to sort of ones. Right, but you know, by Mazik we even have super onus, right? That Tosfos comes up with, uh, right, which makes you putter even if Adam, even if Adam would Okay, but he says, "Ram luli divrei Rashi, yitachen hayalavair that din diadol tachtona ene chalmidin knas vanishvin Mazik ele chalmidin chivis chivis polim." But if Rashi hadn't said this, I would have gone the other way. The hecha the chosra poel yachol abalabayis lahaskir polim acherim bishlichus hapolim harishonim. Right, I would have, I would have said without Rashi that it's really just a din in the contract. And therefore, the, right, the employer has implicit agency from the workers to use their money to hire, right, to hire, to hire other, other polling, which also, right, the other position of this, uh, that this explains well, is whether the workers have liability beyond their salaries. If it's a din mazik, so they have liability for whatever they're liable for, right? But if it's a din, if it's a din hischaibus, we can say that the hischaibus is limited by the amount of the original contract. So, so would you say that if it wasn't for Rashi, but how... How, how would this this stance uh, react to, to the case of honest like I'm, I'm... so this stance would say it's right it's his highest polim so right so on right so your your putter mission honest but your putter mission honest only because the stipulation in the contract okay, doesn't so, so if the contract was written or or this is implied by the, right. of the contract and so we have it we put another condition in the contract we could put thousands of conditions right that's why this this position is a little, is a little um Conceptually wimpy to me because we can just do whatever we want, right? I can, so you know, is is this con- this is a silly yeah. question? Is this con- is this position asserting that this stipulation that we're we're saying that this stipulation was actually in the contract, or we're saying by the nature of a contract between a poel and a balabais, this is always implied? I think we're saying that within the legal system of halacha, absent absent either an explicit contract to the to the to the, to the contrary or a verified claim that in this particular area. The contract is otherwise. We assume this is the nature of the contract, right? Which does, again, you know, it doesn't mean so much. Um, you know, I mean, it matters a great, enormous amount if you're in court, but it doesn't, right? But it doesn't tell you anything about the nature of employment, uh, right? Because you can have, imagine a world where everything everything is different and nothing changes conceptually. Uh, it only matters for us to think about it because it changes our conception of what's going right away. Yodolatachtona means that's why it matters to us. Okay, Lefizehi says, uh, sorry, Lefizehi Shlomar, that when a poll is called Machmas Ones, Azai Chal Ptur Bhishchaivet Shalo, the Lokibel Apol Alat Smol Shalem the Polamachem, right? So that's just, yeah, there's an implicit deny that, that, that you can hire other workers, and there's a counter implicit deny that that doesn't apply in the case of Ones. None of that is explicit. We're just, right, in, we're just importing our, our, ourselves into the minds of, uh, of uh, workers. I guess if you want, like, I can put a, a two minute polemic, right? You know, the Rav. Unfortunately, famously, once 
said and couldn't possibly have really meant that there are chazakas in the Gemara that are eternal and reflect human nature. There, there are none that matter legally because all right, whatever you think, whether you think chazakas are eternal or not, they'd apply differently in different circumstances. Human beings behave differently in different circumstances, whatever their defaults are, and that's true here also, right? You know, it doesn't matter whether you think he's making a claim about the essential worker-employer-employee relationship because you can stipulate against it and you can imagine a culture where everyone just stipulates against it, right? It makes no difference in the end. Um, that's why I always think like the argument about whether the Rav said it, which applies in the context of Agunas and Talmud of Tandu, it, right, is really not a, a pointful argument, uh, right? Because there's no, there's no human nature chazaka so strong you can't stipulate against it. And it isn't affected by culture. Okay. So, so yeah. in this paragraph, is he said anything that's, again, that's, that's unique to employment? No. Law? No. Right? What he's done is he's, he's basically neutered the Gemara, right, if you're, if you're interested in employment law, except as a practical lawyer, right, what are the presumptions we make in, in the culture of the Gemara, right, which require, if you're a lawyer, right, so you have to, you have to know, what, you know where, what the default setting is and which way you have to prove it. Well, Lefize, right, so there he says, Adnafkimina. Even if it's not a you know, super a complete honest, they're still putter. Why? Right? Because when in the tsnai that we're making up in their mindset, we decide to make the tsnai that okay could be, or it could be the other way around, right? That we that we decide to be matter them, right? It really, right? It really, it really is not a. Um, you understand why you give a shear this way at some way if you're going through the options, but it's not exciting. I don't think. Okay, but then, right, by the by, uh, right, we get to the end of it, all of a sudden, I think the world opens up. So that's a solid whoop. Right, this is not one of the first two possibilities, but all of a sudden at the end it shows up as possibility number three. Possibility number three is that, no, this is not a regular din of onus at all. This is a din we get from Avadayim that workers have to be able to be Choserbo and have their Adamal Tachtona because of Adrasha. Right, Yonah, right. So, okay, now the question is like, that's great. How did we get that out of the Drasha? So we can say the Drasha teaches you that, you know, that uh, workers have to, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know. I honestly, you know, I, I, I like, like that's a, yeah. He, so he's saying here that, that you say Yado ala Yona in a case of Ones, uh-huh. but, and that, is he saying that's what Yado ala Yona means, and, or, and, and it's only applies like it, or does it say Yado ala Yona in a case of Ones, but in other situations? Kalbachomer. Or maybe even more, no, Kalbachomer. Right, right, you know, uh, I think. No, it's not. No, it's not the Kalachomer. Sorry, you're right. What he's saying is according to the position that, right, that says Yodo Eliyona only applies in the case of Onus, which is the position of this Brita. Right. But right? right? So let's not, right? So, right? Yeah. So the, right? So there is, we extend, everyone agrees that we extend the Drusha of Kilavadaihem to cover the case of Dabra Aved plus Onus. Uh, right, even if we don't agree to cover to extend it to the case of onus when it's not the Barhavid. And even though this isn't the normal tour onus, right? Even though if right, if it weren't employment law, right, we would say you're chayev for Dabar Ha'aved, even though you're onus. But because it's employment law, right, so we right, so we come up with a non-normal tour onus. Do we end up so the the Dabar, the 
the same with the verb nachman by Yitzhak, that it, the yeah. of You're right. Right. That was needed to explain um, right, how this could be consistent with, with Rabbi Dosa. It was a need, now that was needed to explain how Rav could paskin like Rabbi Dosa without contradicting himself. But given the maskan of the Gemara that we split it, so then you still need to, to limit the, the bright that would be Devarabu. In the maskana, uh, in maskana you don't necessarily need to, so then you could, right, so you could apply this, you could apply this more broadly if you hold that, um, if you, right, if you, if you, if you hold that, that uh, yeah. If you, if you don't want it to be the delivery call, you could right, you could apply it more broadly. True. Um, yeah. Okay, we're not done. Vinei begemar el isa de asamitra upsetted the polem levalabayas patur milishalem. So the question is, if that's the case, so in the case where it rains and rain was foreseeable, the employer doesn't pay the workers, even though that's also a case of onus for the workers. Right, so why should the right? So why? So if we have a general rule that onus puts yad pol al halyona, right? That we that in the case of, of onus yad pol al right? Why don't we apply it there as well? So the answer is v'nira desham chal din acher debe'asa mitra leka chefts of the melacha. So if they haven't started working, so then there's no chefts of melacha, and that's why you can't be mechayev the you can't be mechayev the uh, the balabayas to pay. Once they started working, then they are polling. And then he would be li- then he would be then he would be liable to pay. Okay, right, this is where we get into our real you know, really brisker stuff. Um, but it's true that like there's gonna be a lot of data that we have to explain in the Gemara and Halakha about differences whether they started working on the contract or not, and that's probably the right way to do it, right? You know, whether, at what we you know we could frame it as at what point does the contractual relationship begin? Right, right, or is what, right, at what point is it instantiated, whatever you want, right, is what point is the Kenyan Chal, whatever, right, whatever, whatever language you want to use to do that. Uh, right, so there's, but he says there's no Hatzchala HaMalacha, which is the Mechaev of the, right, of the, of salary, until you start working, there's no Mechaev of salary. The, the right, the Shechaser Chetz HaMalacha, Yefshelat Chilba, Mishum HaChibala Bayes Patur. But then he says, Ve'od Yishlomor, Dedin Avadayheim, Notein Zchus Chazara B'Makam Ones, Af Lubala Bayes. Now that seems like, whoa! <laughs> We're, oh, right, employers can't be slaves to employees either. But, sorry, going back to the rain. Yeah. Right? So, the bright that gave two examples, mm-hmm. what would be others, right? It did not include rain in that example, right? You couldn't start rain. I mean, there's not an equivalent to rain means it started raining before they started working. Well, that's another case the Gemara gives, which we didn't see. It's in a bright, right? It's in a, it's in the discussion of the Gemara before that bright. Then. But where it rains before they start working. Yeah. Right. But here. Here they quit halfway. Right here they get a sun heat stroke halfway. Or what if it started raining? Like, especially given that they were already talking about the case of rain. Right. So if, if it was a case that if a foreseeable thing like rain happened in the middle, that they would still. You know, get paid. Probably the the Breitzer would have said that. Okay, reasonable to argue that the Breitzer doesn't follow those positions. I'm not not arguing with you. Um, I'm not you know 
Like that's the moment. Like you know, I think in the in the where Biddy would have said to me, that's where the, where the roast chair just suddenly right just suddenly flips. Like whoa, who thought that employers could be employers could be slaves too? So yeah. Until you know, in the pre previous session. Yeah. He's saying that Avadai, again, that Avadai Haim only really is operative in a case of onus. For the, is only operative for the Palali, so, you know, for the for the Merk, whoever it is, Palal or, or Kabbalan. But that it's only operative on that side in a case of onus. It's only operative on that side in a case of an onus that happens to the Palali. Right. But so if the onus happens to the employer. Right, because right, they they just can't provide you with the work, right. so they're also patur. It's just like, but who would think that they're patur because of the kiliyav It's just an amazing moment. Doesn't that kind of mean any commitment is, is could be is obvious and you can, like, <laughs> could be right? Then, right, you can go wander off into right far off into the libertarian ether. Well, maybe avadayim <laughs> only applies in cases of employment. Employment, right? But we can have like this really radical right. Employment, you know, we take kind of evid kind of rabble really, really seriously, <laughs> right? And so we're being very careful, right? You know that that that, um, right? That you know, that uh, hiring an employee doesn't shackle you. But is, 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 claim, yeah. Can you claim that that is your Rabbi I would love to be able to say it. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to say it yet. Right. That he Rabbi said. Right, Everett Ibrahim at Nisan, right? And then they interpret that as meaning that both of them can be. Yes, together. that's what the temptation and is. Beautiful. Shalmi would say that, right? That Everett Ibrahim is applying in both directions. That I, I understand the temptation. I have the temptation. You got it beautifully. And yet I don't buy it, but we'll have to we, well, we, we'll have to see. I don't know if we'll get to it today as to why I don't buy it. But are you saying you don't not buy it because. In the context of Yisraeli, they have to be saying Ebedivri. They're only applying Ebedivri really to to the Poel to the. Right, Rabbi Yochanan is the one who says that the um, that the Balbais can't be closer to both. No, right? Isn't that no, which way? Which way? Because they can both be closer. No, Rav says Ain Kohen Zuasu, so they right. So therefore, they can both be closer. I don't think so. I think Rav said. Let's look it up. <laughs> let's look it up, right? Because I get things backwards sometimes. So let's uh, let's look it up. Uh, Rav says, "Aldate uh, de." Did I not quote the text here? That was very bad of me. Lefi Rav, koel chos uman. No. Okay, that's not the right. Do we have your family on the shelf? Sorry, look it up. Look it up. Here it is. Here it is. I have it here. Yeah. Thank you. What does it say? You were right. I was wrong. Okay. Good. Once in a while, I can I can have that happen. Uh, right, that's not something I'm usually good at. But okay. Right. So that's why I, I'd love to do it. I understand temptation. I can't get it to work yet. Um, okay. Also, we'll see. There's a, there's a specific reason I can't get it to work. In addition, in addition to that. Okay. Um, okay. So right. So the Rav says this really, 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 really wild thing. Really, really, really wild thing. Got to figure out how, uh, you know, how how far we're going to take it. So let's just um, to 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 finish this off. Let's take let's take a look at the rush. We're on page we're on page three now. Um, so the Rav says, "I'm a Rav." 
Halachic Rabbi Dosa. Why? Amar Kablan Yadolatachtona. Right? So we're in the moment where Rav passing like Rabbi Dosa, but it's only about Kablan. Shim Chazar Bo Shamin Masha Tidlasot. Right? That's the position of Rabbi Dosa. Vedafka Kablan, Avalpol Yacholach Zorbo Afilo Bechatsiayom, Veshamin Lomasha Asa. Umay Tamadarav, Dixiv Kilibin Shalvadim, Velavadim Lavadim. So far, all great. Hani Mili Bedavar Shain Aved. Aval Bedavar Aved. Loshna Pol, Loshna Kablan, Lo Matsi Lemihadar Behu. Right, but there's no, there's no, the whole right of being Choserbo only applies if it's not a Devar Haved. But if it's a Devar Haved, right? Then you can only be Choser if you're Anus. Okay, so the rush ends up with a legally coherent position. But Kili Vadim is getting to be an awfully complicated Russia. <laughs> Because right? it doesn't mean you're totally free, because you can't leave if you're not autos with the Dabra Aved. Now, where did that come from? Okay, so a uh, uh, wild position. So the Pilpuli Charifta, this is the bottom of the page, right? You saw the, the little tzadi that I superscripted, and here's, here it is in the bottom. Pilpuli Charifta is written by the, uh, the Tosfus Yomtev, um, right, who's a you know, mid, early 17th century um, figure. Uh, also, I believe, is my wife's ancestor. Um, but yeah, it probably was smart. <laughs> uh, so he says the following: Okay, that we right, that we get right. But he just puts it boldly, right? But the law alima, right? That interesting notion, like what you know, Rafarnas like notions of you know describing Sogios as counter as having countervailing forces because like, somebody taught in physics that way, uh, but it really is useful, right? I find it very useful to think you know to do do force diagrams in physics and think about them in the in the structure in the structure of the Gemara. So there's some kind of force that opposes the right that opposes the force of Kilibin But what is that? Teda, that's what he says. The Idrasha Gemurahi. Right, he says, if this were really a drusha, so we run into the basic problem. How can right? If it's slavery, it's usher. How could you enter into the contract at all? So it must be right. Since the drusha allows employment, uh, right? It must be that it's not a full drusha. Okay, what does that mean? Ella lav drasha gemurahi, vachachamim who detiktu lehem chazara, vhismicho ala mikra, shamar kileb in Israel avadim. Ulafichach amrizal, shechom lachzor lakaye mashinemar kileb in Israel avadim, uvedavar ha aved, hayanir lehem shalolate lehem yachachazru, hoil vedavar ha avedu. Okay, so that's like a. What does he mean? Lav drasha gemurahi. Uh, right, so that's a whole, right, a whole big issue, right? You know that there's a, like the whole mess. What does the Rama mean by divrei sofrim, right? Uh, that people who are not um, people who are not, you know, into certain rigid, really rigid categorizations of halachic powers, say things like, "Well, there's an asmachta and there's a super asmachta, uh, right? And then there's a sort of drasha, and they're sort of and they're comfortable with that kind of um, analog." Right, analog system of of relationship between Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat Right, everything is on a spectrum, 
And you know, those of us who right who you know who think conceptually about power, right? That's a mess. Right? How can right? How can, how can you do that? Right? It's either Torah but it's not what, what what's it going to be? Suffolk the or Suffolk Lakula? But if you look at the evidence, so let's say the Gemara all over the time looks talks about things that you know drushas that have ikara, right? Drabanans that have ikara in minatora and don't have ikara in minatora, and those are mushy. Really mushy. Or you wanted you know, the term that I always love quoting from my Saul Berman taught me, you can't find a predictive principle. If we ask you in advance, right, you know, to give you any number of cases and ask you to predict what the next, right, is this case going to fall into there or not? And the answer is, you're not going to be able to find a single principle that gets you, that gets you, you know, with any degree of reliability, which cases fit in and which cases don't fit in. Right? Remember, I remember said it in a place which is, you know, more useful and controversial, which is um, whether, whether Mitzvah Vasesha is Mangrama has a predictive principle about it. Um, but it applied, you know, but I thought it was a very powerful tool, Bichlal. Um, so you could say, which you, you know, you pretty much have to say if you're thinking conception has a power, you know, what is a Dirabanan? And what's the big deal? It's a Dirabanan, it's a Dirabanan so they, and, it's, and it's Mamon, so you can do whatever you want. Um, so you have to ask yourself, so even as, as a Dirabanan, so that can't, Dirabanan can just, um, Take all like like saying it's not about employment law, right? Darabans can take all the juice out of it, and say, you know what? So there doesn't have to be any kind of basis for what they're doing. They just made policy and they caught and they, and they stuck it on this and they stuck it on this Russia. Or you could say, no. What it does is it liberates us to understand that they must have a clear policy. You can't claim they're just applying the law mechanically, right? right? If it, if it's if it's a if it's left up to rabbinic discretion, so then. We have right. We have a really clear position, and that clear position though can be complex, right? It can be, for example, framed as we want to do everything that is economically reasonable to allow right to allow employees freedom. It might be that you can develop a more sophisticated concept, which includes the Rav's idea. Right? That we want right. We want to preserve. We want to right. We really want to preserve autonomy to the extent possible throughout the system for everybody. And we recognize that formal relationships are sometimes misleading. Uh, there's a, we're, the book that we're reading to my grandson at home often. There's a book called, um, what's it called? Clack, 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 moo, moo, I think, which is a, an animal farm. It's an animal farm satire right, in which you know, it has Farmer Brown, who's the character from Animal Farm, and his cows find a typewriter and they decide they want electric blankets. And uh, right, so this was being read, you know, my wife is Kedarka Bakodish, right? You know, is very sympathetic to the cows and the chickens who then want it also. And I, you know, I said, well, why do you assume that Farmer Brown is the employer? Maybe he's working for his eggs and milk. Right? They only pay him in eggs and milk, and now they're depriving the employee who does all his work. Right, he builds the barn. He he provides the, he provides the hay. Right and now, right, they're just depriving his work unless he unless he agrees to take away. Right, you know, you know, he has one thing. Right, he has one type. Right, right, you know. So, uh, leaving aside the position of the ducks, uh, <laughs> the uh, right. So, you know, it was a fun fun way of figuring, like, realizing that you know power relationships are not obvious, and the cows conglomerate, and like right, and the farmer Brown has no one else. Right, there's there's no hint that he can he can join he can join with other farmers. Uh, right to right, to compete against the cows, the cows might be able to sell their milk to other farmers instead of to him. Uh, anyway, so I, I think you know that um, I think it's very hard to explain the Rav's idea without resorting to some kind of mushiness like this. But 
once you have some kind of mushiness like this, then we can think about what the rub is, and right, and we really. But it doesn't. What I hope is it doesn't. It doesn't incline us to say, "Oh, it's just little bits that don't cohere." Right. That's the the danger of it. It is that now you're kind of liberated from the context of the pasuk, so you can just say, "I'll, you know, I'll just make it up as I go along." What I want to argue is that no, they must have some kind of concept. Um, but the concept is lo bashemayimi. Right, the concept is that, right, and, and how you frame that, I would rather frame as really Deoraisa, but yeah, so we haven't done this, right, but just, I don't know, we'll finish now because we have to go to Marif. But uh, so one of, the, one of the three or four opening shurim I give for SBM is on a concept called uh, something like Masarna Katuv Lachachamim or Lo Masarna Katuv Lachachamim, which is usually taught in Yeshiva, it is a very narrow concept. There are a few places, right, like Cholomoed, uh, right, Melechus Cholomoed, and uh, I'm trying to remember what the other classic case is. Do you remember the case, other case offhand? Uh, the, the, the other, the other Inuyim on Yom Kippur, right? Where we say the Torah isn't explicit, the Torah gives discretion, the rabbis pick which, which, which five Inuyim the rabbis pick, right? The rabbis pick which malachos. The Yad Malachi says that this is true of every halacha right? so there's going to come a point where it's a function of rabbinic discretion. Because the text of Torah never provides enough, right, does not provide guidance in enough detail to, uh, to work it out. So if you frame it that way, it's still Dioraisa. It's just there's always going to be a point, right? It's, right, where you have to say, well, do I, right, this is what the Torah means, but does it really mean it in the case of Devaravet, right? That seems destructive. So no, we're not going to say it applies that way. Because that's obviously not what the Torah meant. Unless we want to say, right? then we get Yovel, right? Uh, right, which never happens, but it's beautiful. Okay, so I want to leave it that, uh, leave us with that for, uh, for this week, and you can sit, right, figure out whether those two positions go together. Thank you very much, I have to say. As, as always, I, I have to say, I really, uh, I really love.